welcome to the John Serenitas Real Estate Podcast. I'm John Serenitas, agent over at HomeSmart First Class Realty in Easton. It's been a long time since I've talked to you guys. I've taken the month off, pretty much the month of July. Uh, and the reason I did is I kind of wanted to see where I was at with this podcast and uh, rebranded a little bit. So I did some different things with the logo. But the other thing that I did is that I wanted to bring a live component to the podcast. So not only will you be getting this as a weekly podcast, but you can also watch this live as I'm recording it on Periscope on Twitter. And you can also watch it live on my Facebook page. Now, of course, I have my fancy uh, new lids that I got here. This is um, I have that uh, is a license plate of the state of Massachusetts, and it says Home Smart. I got one from Massachusetts. Obviously, I'm licensed in Massachusetts. And I also got one for Rhode Island. So if you can see that, I'm there you go. So I also got one for Rhode Island because I have a lot of family and friends down there. And I'm also licensed in Rhode Island. So, of course, as always, if you're looking to buy or sell in Massachusetts and Rhode Island and you're in the market for a real estate agent, why don't you give me an opportunity to pitch myself, let you know what I can do for you, what HomeSmart can do for you. I think you'll be very pleased with what we can do for you. So uh, when I launched this podcast last month, my goal was to have a weekly guest. Now, that's still the goal, but there are going to be some weeks where I just decide, you know what, I want to reach out to to people out there and talk to them about what's going on in the real estate world and, and kind of give them a feel. I'm a firm believer, and I have an education background. I'm a teacher. I've been a football coach. I'm a dean of students. I'm a firm believer in educating consumers, okay? Some people get into this business to educate other agents. That's not why I'm in this. I'm in this to work with people. I'm a, I'm a people person. I enjoy meeting new people, working with new people, and I believe that I'm going. if I'm going to be effective at my job, I need to be informative. I need to inform potential clients of not only what I can do for them and what HomeSmart can do for them, but I also want to educate them on the process. I want them to feel good about the decision that they're making to either purchase a home or sell their home. But I also want them to be armed with this knowledge for the rest of their lives. So if they do this again, and the average person does buy three homes in their lifetime, if they do this again, then they're armed with the knowledge to be successful in the process. And it is a process. I know you can hear a lot of people talk about, well, do I need a buyer agent nowadays with, with Zillow and Trulia and Realtor? I can pretty much do it all myself. I'm not sure I need a buyer agent. You need a buyer agent. First of all, you're not paying for the buyer agent. The seller is. So in essence, the agent is working for you, technically speaking, for free. Okay. Um, but but you need an agent because they're going to guide you through the process of searching for the home. They're going to locate homes that fit what you're looking to purchase and fit your price range. Uh, when you find that ideal home and you're ready to put in an offer, they're going to write up your offer. They're going to set up your inspection. They're going to walk through the process with you from start to finish. They're going to be with you at that closing to ensure that everything goes right and that you're satisfied. So, yes, you do need an agent on both sides. It's the best way to either buy a home or sell your home. It's the best way to buy your home because it makes the process easy for you. And it's the best way to sell your home because you can maximize the value of your home if you're working with a real estate agent. So that's why real estate agents are important. Sure, we've got a lot more information at our disposal in this day and age with, with, with all of the different sites. 
that you can use to search for a home, but you're still going to need someone in person to work with you to make that process easy and seamless for you as you either enter your new home or you sell your home and enter your next home. All right. Now, uh, I want to jump right into this and start talking about real estate rates, uh, rates rather, mortgage rates, not real estate rates, mortgage rates. Um, obviously, rates are low. They've been low for a long time. In fact, going into this week, they're hovering around three. For example, a 30-year mortgage rate right now, as of this morning, was 3.09%. That's down 0.5% from last week. Okay, so rates continue to, to either drop or they're right around three or just under three. And we've been saying this all year, regardless of what's happened with COVID-19, it is a good time to buy, if for no other reason, because rates are historically low right now. Now, are they going to stay low or continue to go down as we go through the year? They may continue to go down a little as we get into the fall, but this is an election year. And one thing that's important to remember here, and I'm not saying this to you to pressure you to make a decision to buy a home now. But remember one thing, it is an election year. And once the election comes and goes on November 3rd, you will see an uptick in rates after the new year. They're not going to skyrocket. It's going to be a gradual uptick, but you will see an uptick. So if you're in the market to buy, I strongly encourage it because you could save yourself some good money per month if you buy now with where rates are. And if you're in a position where you can refinance, I strongly recommend refinancing. Refines have gone through the roof since May. Uh, it's hard to find an appraiser right now to appraise a, a property for you as a listing agent because appraisers are working 12 to 16 hour days trying to keep up with all of these refis uh, that are happening. So people that are current homeowners are definitely taking advantage of these low interest rates and their refinancing. But I think buyers should also take advantage of them because again, it's going to save you some legitimate money per month on, on your mortgage payment. The other thing to keep in mind is if you're going into a program where you're going to have PMI, we're at a time now where within six months to a year, you can refinance that, that mortgage payment and you can get out from PMI. So uh, you know, it's 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 not PMI is not what it used to be. It used to be that you needed to chip away at it over a five to seven year period before you could position yourself to either pay it off or potentially refinance. You could refinance before five to seven years, but but in, in the old days, if you will, in the old days, and it wasn't that long ago, uh, it took you about seven years to pay off PMI. Now you can get out of PMI relatively quickly. In most cases, within a year of being in that loan, you can refinance it. So I think it's important for people to understand that the reason why we keep telling potential buyers that now's a good time to buy, it really is, if for no other reason, because interest rates are so low right now, that you want to take advantage of it. You want to capitalize on it because, again, I don't think they're going to go through the roof at the start of the new year. Don't get me wrong. But I do think and, and there's a lot of, of research out there that backs this up, that you will see an increase. There's no way that they can continue to stay where they're at right now. Uh, I do think that they will go up. All right, moving along here uh, to our next topic. Um, I thought this was interesting because the median home price nationally rose in the month of July to $349,000. That is the highest average per home in the history of the real estate market in the United States. So think about that. 
The average home, in essence, right now in the United States is $349,000. That's up 9% over this time a year ago. So, look, here's the thing. I know a lot of people are going to look at the market right now and say, it's a tough market. And it really is because we're still battling the same things we've been battling for the last four years. Inventory has been in decline and it's low. Okay. Uh, gone other days in the state of Massachusetts where the average community had 30 plus listings. Those days are over. You're not going to be in that 30 to 60 listings range anymore. It's more like 20 to 30 now, maybe 35, maybe 40 if you're lucky. So inventory remains low. And, in, and from that standpoint, you can make the argument, well, it's a seller's market, obviously. Um, but there are a lot of buyers out there and there's a lot of competition out there. And that competition drives the average price of homes up. That's why you hear so many people say, look, man, I would love to buy. And I and I have a lot of people that say that to me. They say, John, look, I would love to buy, man, but I can't afford to buy right now. And, and, and it is it, it, it is tough. You have to be well positioned in terms of your finances and your credit score um, to, to, to buy a home. It's not that easy right now. And and the reality is you can only push so far out. You know, it used to be, well, if you're willing to go out west, if you're willing to go past 495, uh, you can you can find an affordable home. Those days are over, okay? Thinking that you're going to move to a Menden or a Blackstone or an Uxbridge, um, you know, house that the, the average housing prices have gone up in those markets as well. So it, it's it's that's not the answer anymore. Um, you have to get creative now. You have to be creative with your finances. Uh, your credit score is extremely important now, especially in, in this world of COVID-19 that we live in. There's a lot of trepidation in terms of, of lenders and banks and, and lending money right now. So the requirements have changed slightly. Um, you have to be creative when it comes to purchasing a home. That being said, don't feel like you're squeezed out. You still can. You may not necessarily purchase where you want right now, but you can still be a homeowner if you're in a position to own. So while yes, the average house of, of the average price of a house has gone up nationally, and it is discouraging, and there isn't that much inventory, and you feel like the deck the deck is stacked against you, and you got to compete against people in multi-offer situations, you can still be a homeowner. A lot of the times, it literally is right time, right place. Okay, it's literally finding a home that you can afford, and it's a situation where you might not necessarily have as much competition for that home. So I think that that's important. But I thought that was a pretty interesting tidbit that that's the highest it's ever been, $349,000. Now, uh, one of the other things that I thought was interesting this week was a, a lot of people have been asking this, and, and I think it's a fair question. Uh, what is the housing market in, in this era of COVID-19 looking like? Well, I think it's interesting that when you look at the housing market nationally, it's pretty simple. That the states and the cities that handled the virus well, that locked down, that, that there's a mask requirement, that people are adhering to the lockdowns and the mask requirement, those states are doing pretty well in terms of the real estate market. The real estate market is strong in states like Massachusetts because people adhere to the lockdowns. They follow they followed protocols. They're wearing their masks. They're taking safety precautions. Um, even though COVID-19 numbers have, have been uh, on a slight uptick here in Massachusetts, the real estate market remains strong. And by the way, let, let's just dispel this notion right now that because the economy is, is struggling right now and there's high unemployment, 
that that's affecting the real estate market. Look, generally speaking, the real estate market is is pretty it's 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 recession proof in many ways. Um, if you take 2008, 2009 out of the equation, that was when the housing bubble burst. The real estate market generally weathers the storm pretty well when it comes to to economic downturns, and and this is no different here. The the real estate market is in a really good place right now in terms of buyers. Uh, again, there isn't a lot of inventory out there, but there are still a lot of buyers out there, despite the fact that there's so many people that are unemployed out there right now. But again, to get back to my original point, if you live in a in a community, whether that be a state or a city or a town that has handled the virus well, well, that'll reflect in your real estate market because housing prices are, are still going to be strong. I mean, sellers are still going to get what they want for their properties. And there's going to be enough properties on the market most weeks that if buyers can compete at those prices, then they will have access to those homes. Now, it's you can't really say the same thing right now about uh, the housing market in certain states that have seen this, this second wave, if you will, this summer, this surge. Those markets are struggling a little bit. Some of those markets, though, are fine. Like, for example, a lot of your high-end markets in Florida, they're not feeling this as much as, as some of your secondary markets in the state might be feeling it. So those markets, uh, they're, they're still doing okay. They're still fine. There's plenty of money there, plenty of buyers there to keep the market going. Um, but but again, like I said, I, I do think it's interesting that um, you know the, the, the cities and the towns and the states that have handled COVID-19 well, well, those are the places right now that, that the markets are still pretty strong. And now, of course, last week, President Donald Trump did announce that the AFFH rule, which was put in place during the Obama administration, um, he was revoking it in essence. And of course, he goes on Twitter and he does what he always does. And I don't want to get political here. He goes on Twitter and he talks about why he did what he did. And he explained himself. Now, it's important to understand that the AFFH rule was put into place so it can, in essence, level the playing field uh, in terms of suburban markets that have been historically segregated markets, that have been historically white communities. That's why the Obama administration pushed for it, and that's why it was ultimately put into place, to try to open up the suburbs for people from the inner city to have opportunities to move out there, to have affordable housing, so that those people can leave the city and move to the suburbs. Uh, obviously, this is very discouraging because here we are proclaiming ourselves as a nation of equality and inclusivity, and this sends the, the wrong message, if you will. Now, it'll be interesting to see if, if Trump loses in November and Joe Biden wins, you'd have to think that the AFFH rule will be put back into place, that law will be put back into place so that housing opportunities could be available to people that are living in the city or the inner city. It remains to be seen for the record. And again, I'm not trying to get political here. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with President with what President Trump did, but it is what it is. It's wrong. Like I said, if Biden wins in November, you'd have to think uh, that that's going to change. Now, one other thing that caught my attention this week in the real estate world is uh, forbearance rates fell last week, the last week in July. And that's obviously good news. Um, Obviously, more people are, or less people, I should say, are, are having their homes foreclosed. And that's a good thing, obviously. Uh, now, 
there is some talk that you could see an increase again in the month of August because um, it'll depend on what these job reports that come out in the coming days say in terms of unemployment. Um, the the this little uptick that we've seen in the economy in recent weeks apparently seems to be slowing down a little bit. Uh, so you might see unemployment numbers going up again. If that's the case, you might see forbearance numbers going up again. Either way, it's a positive sign that they've gone down. Um, now, a, a lot of what happens with both people being foreclosed and renters uh, being evicted will depend a lot on what happens with this HEROES package that the Democrats have proposed. Um, there's a lot of fat in there that the Republicans want to trim. Of course, the Senate has, which is Republican controlled, has their own package, their own stimulus package to counter the HEROES package. The HEROES package is more friendly when it comes to homeowners and renters in terms of allowing them to stay in their properties. Um, but again, a lot of what these numbers are going to look like will depend on what the unemployment rate is and whether or not people continue to go back to work. And this is the tug of war, right? I mean, this is what's going on between the federal government and state governments and lockdowns and and opening and, and how soon to reopen. It's this back and forth because on the one hand, you've got the president and the Republican Party who are pushing to reopen the economy and reopen schools and, and get back to a level of normalcy. And you've got the Democrats saying, well, wait a minute, you know, we're not out of the woods with this virus yet. Um, cases have gone up in a bunch of states around the country. We might want to take the foot off the gas here and, and continue to, to wear our masks and socially distance and, and take precautions. So, again, it's just like anything else. It's just trying to find that happy medium. Um, but as it appears right now, the good news is that people aren't losing their homes at the right at the rate that they were. And by the way, that forbearance rate last week was the lowest that it's been since April. So again, that's that's really good news. And let's hope that that trend uh, continues. All right. Now, every week, what I'd like to do in this rebranded version of my show, and by the way, before I go any further, I'm going to uh, put on my Rhode Island uh, next home, uh, home smart rather next home, home smart hat. There you go. So I, I want to, you know, reach out to my roadie peeps. What up, roadie peeps? Again, if you're living in Rhode Island in the market to buy or sell, give me a call. Let's chat. I'll let you know what I can do for you and what HomeSmart can do for you. Um, but in any event, each and every week, I'm going to take a specific look at a community in either Massachusetts or Rhode Island. This week, I'm going to take a look at Norwood, Massachusetts. So Norwood will be the first community we're going to take a look at. I'm a Norwood High grad, by the way, class of 1993. Now, all I'm going to do here is just give you some information on Norwood. And if you're in the market to buy and you're looking at Norwood, I want you to be armed with some of this information so that you can have a better understanding of what the Norwood market looks like and what it entails. Uh, currently, there are 25 single family listings in Norwood. Uh, the median uh, price or the average price for a home in Norwood right now is $483,833, okay? Now, this is an interesting statistic. 44.7% of homes in Norwood were built between 1940 and 1969. So if you like older homes and, and you like certain qualities about a home, Norwood has that for you, okay? There are some new developments in Norwood. There are some new homes that have been built since 2000. But for the most part, Norwood is a community that has a lot of homes on the older side 
but a lot of those homes are also well-maintained. So I think that's important to note. Um, 36.1% of homes in Norwood are three bedrooms or more, which is important. Now, the interesting thing about Norwood is there isn't a lot of land in Norwood. So depending on where you purchase in town, that will depend on how much land you get. There are certain areas where there's, a, you know, there's, there's, you might find, you know, a quarter of an acre to an acre. But there isn't a lot of land, generally speaking, in Norwood. In most neighborhoods in Norwood, the homes were built pretty close to each other. You have your standard yard, but there isn't much else there. So if you're looking for, for a big yard in privacy, there is only certain parts of, of town that you can find that in. Okay. Um, I also thought that, you know, I'd share with you that it's a very diverse community. Norwood is a very diverse community. It's a bedroom community for Boston. So if you work in the city and you're looking for a town that has quality schools and is in close proximity to Boston and you can either drive in or take public transportation, Norwood is a great community in that regard. You have access to Route 1 and 95. You have access to the commuter rail. You have access to the MBTA bus line. There's a lot of different ways that you can get into the city from Norwood. So in, in from that standpoint, again, if you're looking for a community that's close to the city of Boston and proximity matters to you, Norwood's a community to look at. Now, again, like most communities in eastern Massachusetts, Norwood right now has seen an uptick in inventory. If you were to look at Norwood in the spring, you were anywhere from six to 18 houses at any given time. The inventory wasn't great. There's been a slight uptick in inventory in Norwood the last two months, but Again, when you look at that median average price of a home in Norwood, by today's standards, that's a pretty good average. Property taxes are pretty low in Norwood, which is also a good thing. There was a slight increase in property taxes from last year to this year because they passed an override for the schools last year, which is a good thing. That certainly helps your property value. Um, but Norwood's property tax rate is still pretty affordable, comparatively speaking, when you look at Norwood and compare it to surrounding communities. So that's important as well. Um, but again, I think if you're looking to find a community where you can buy a home, raise a family, and, and be close to the city of, of Boston and Providence, I mean, you're relatively close, close to Providence as well, Norwood is, is a worthwhile community to look at. Um, again, there isn't a ton of land there with a lot of the properties, but there are certain sections in town. If you can afford to get into those neighborhoods, you will find that there is land attached to those properties. Well, that's it for this week's podcast. Uh, before I go here, you can find me on Facebook, Insta Instagram, and Twitter, pretty active on social media. Uh, in fact, if you're on Facebook, you're probably sick and tired of looking at my face, especially today because I shared my new updated logo for John Serenita's Homes. I shared that on my Facebook page. So please check that out. As always, if you're in the market to buy or sell, and you're in the market for an agent, feel free to give me a call or email me. You can email me at serenitasrealtor uh, at gmail.com. That's S-A-R-I-A-N-I-D-E-S realtor at gmail.com. Shoot me an email or call me at 774-284-0857 and let's talk. And when you're ready, I'm ready. That's my mantra. No pressure here. I'm a firm believer in, in working with people, but working with people at their pace. And if they're not ready, does it does no one no good for me to pressure them and, and, and keep badgering them? Are you ready? Are you ready to work? I'm ready to work with you when you're ready to work with me.
And if you're in the market to buy, or if you're thinking about selling and upgrading, which has been pretty common in, in the last three months, give me a call or shoot me an email and let's talk. And if you have any other questions about HomeSmart, uh, we have two offices. We have an Easton location on 670 Depot Street in Easton, and we're going to be opening our new location in Taunton. Feel free to come on down and, and, and talk to our uh, broker owner, Ryan Cook. Uh, Ryan is tremendous. Um, he's been in the business for a long time in this area, and he knows this area and this market well. He knows the Massachusetts and Rhode Island markets well, and he knows this area well. So visit one of our two locations, and myself, Ryan, we would love to sit down with you and tell you what we can do for you as you start this real estate journey as either a buyer or a seller. Until next week, peace.